0: You're listening to Larger Story messages, helping you find purpose and joy in your life and relationships. For more teaching and resources, visit largerstory.com.
1: Today, we're going to be talking about the book, Encouragement. And if you haven't gotten the book Encouragement, I would encourage you, see what I did there, to go to Larger Story and order one today. So um, I'm joined today by the
0: co-author of the book,
1: uh, and a longtime friend, Dr. Dan Allender. Dan, welcome.
0: Thanks for being with me today, my man. Oh, Kep, it's lovely, lovely. and So sweet to be with you. And you know, uh, unfortunately, I, I know you go by Kep, but you will always be keppy. <laughs> well,
1: when I see you, like I said the other day, um, it, it reminds me of maybe when I was in, in high school or even before that, because you know, it was so fun to catch up with you the other day and the first time we've chatted in a long time, but I, I started to think about, you know, you said that we met probably in that mid to late 70s, 76, 78. So I would have been eight or 10 years old. And then I was obviously around for all of those IBC times. And then from, from South Florida to Indiana with the, when, when you and dad started the program there in, in Winona Lake. And then I actually went to Texas before you all went to Colorado and continued the program at Colorado Christian. So I guess all that to say is we've got a long history, my friend. We do. We do. And it's, it's,
0: it's, it's just, again, one of those reminders of how sweet it is to hold memory, but also to have a future together.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, that's fun. Well, you, you, when we chatted the other day, you mentioned something that, that, um, that brought me back, and I wanted to talk about Dad for just a sec. Um, because this was one of the stories that you mentioned was really encouraging. And as I look back on it, it really was encouraging. It was um, when I was living in Texas before you guys, had all, you guys had all moved to Colorado. I had been in Texas for a few months and Christmas was coming. And I said to dad, I'd love to come home for Christmas, to, back to Indiana. And he said, we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm a little short on on uh, on ducats here. If you can uh, throw me some, some bills, maybe I can buy a plane ticket. And he said, man, I'd love to, but I just don't think that would be right. And I thought, oh, so I didn't go home for Christmas, and that was the late 80s. I can't remember whether it was 88, 89. I can't remember exactly. But um, it, it, as we start in on this book, Encouragement, you guys wrote the book, I think, in 83 because it was published in 84, so it's, I know how the process usually works. Um, and that would have been my sophomore year in high school. Uh, and as I, as I reviewed it these last couple of days, getting ready for our conversation today, it just occurred to me that this is the stuff. That Kenny and I were raised with. I mean, uh, you know, the shallow words, death words, life words, the whole core thing. You know, uh, you know, core emotion, core motivation, core strategy, sharing in a group, vulnerability, desire versus goal, um, total commitment. Uh, you know, the pain of loneliness. Um, I love the word opportunity. I think that was Dad's favorite word for the last decade or two. Yeah. Is every everything's an opportunity, and it um, it just reminds me of a story. I didn't tell you the other day. I might have, Dan. I don't know. I can't recall. But I've been telling everybody. But this last Sunday, my wife and I were in a, in a group, and we were sharing with the group. She was sharing actually of, of what a blessing her diagnosis of cancer has been in respect to our walk with the Lord. And it, it, someone then mentioned, isn't everything that, that that's happening just opposite of the world? <laughs> it's just totally upside down, and totally totally backwards. So
0: the, the fact that your father understood very well that encouragement wasn't merely a a kind of obvious drawing somebody to something positive. It it always began with a sense of, if I can't tell you the truth, then I can't tell you the full truth. And the full truth is how loved you are. Uh, The full truth is uh, how stunning you are. But the reality is, uh, you know, there is a brokenness in every human heart. And so the ability to tell the truth about the nature of the human heart, both its brokenness, but also the stunning beauty of being made in the image of God, he held that so well. Uh, And so what may sound like a really unkind or discouraging reality of, uh, you know, I don't think it would be kind or good for you, you know, actually was an invitation to you becoming the man you are today, and the man that he would have dreamt for you to be. So disruption is always a very central part of the larger work of encouragement. Yes, that's so
1: true. Um, And you talk about that a lot because the whole distinction between love and fear, when you start to really unpack that whole whole concept of fear, um, you know, What what does that say in respect to blocking the opportunity to be encouraged?
0: You know, those little diagrams with regard to how, you know, (laughs) if you're operating out of fear, you're always going to be hitting the layers of another person. But if you're operating, and again, none of us are operating purely and completely out of love. But if that is our intent and our desire, then there is a growing sense of freedom to be able to offer you more and more of the truth of who you are and who you're meant to become. And that's the tension for all of us. I mean, there is a truth of who I am, Mm -hmm. but also a truth about who I will become. And I don't mean just in terms of who I'll be when I meet Jesus face-to-face, but who I will become as the Spirit continues to lead me into more of a sense of life. So (laughs) can we hold that tension between who we are and who we are meant to become and hold that on behalf of others. And that's one of the remarkable gifts uh, of of your father, was the ability to hold that tension well and invite you to become more.
1: You you know, he, 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 he said so many things to so many people that were so disruptive and that if someone else were to say them, could be, um, and and maybe even with him saying them too, were very offensive sometimes. But as people stepped back, me included, um, you, you felt loved and you felt like there was nothing in there in, in terms of his agenda or, his, you know, he was saying what he said It really the whole truth and love, which at, at the end of the day was very encouraging. Some of the hardest conversations that he and I've had, um, and we've had some hard ones, as you know. Um, I mean, I remember spending some time in your office in high school after one of the, the 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 troubles you know i commented yesterday i think i'm largely responsible for my parents character development given all my high school days which you were a part of and and so we got a chance to talk about a lot of that and just to see how how some of the difficult things that he'd say to you out of love could just pierce you and i really believe that was the uh, that, that that was just dad being a vessel of the holy spirit because dad would tell you he can't do anything and that's been my big thing now dan is what does it mean to be spirit led to be spirit driven Mm -hmm. Have the opportunity to have a spiritual relationship. And I know dad would say, well, it's just a relationship that means you can't have it if you don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, I get you. But where do we go with that? I mean, and, and you know, you talk about these protective layers in the book. How do you get through that? I mean, you're a counselor, you talk to people, you've probably been talking to people all day long today. So um you know sorry to pick your brain even more as you're ready for for a, for a relaxing dinner and a evening with
0: well, this is, this is more fun than a relaxing dinner let, let, <laughs> cool. let's go back to that notion of how he could hold the reality of sin but the reality of redemption the the ability to grieve and i i i had you know i i don't know who caused him more trouble you or me but our relationship my relationship with your dad began with our our pastor, Dave Nicholas, sending your father to fire me because of an offensive remark that I had made to- uh, No, not you, not you. Yes, okay. So, I I mean, we used to have what was called clock talks and there was a a restaurant called The Clock. Uh, And whenever I got invited to The Clock restaurant, I knew it was not going to be a pleasant encounter uh and but I can remember the meal. I can remember almost literally what I ate that day uh, and and he he named something of the offensive remarks that I'd made. but he began at that point, instead of excoriating or punishing, he began to say, y- 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 you're a really much brighter man than that, which is an amazing sentence. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, look, this isn't stupidity, it isn't even an error. There's something going on for you in this context that I don't understand. What would have brought you to say this remark? Mm. And the remark was just, uh, it, this couple had asked me if my fiance and I were going to have children. And I said, I don't think so. Uh, but we thought about having you know pets or dogs, but they cost too much and takes too much time. So we're gonna raise plants. Well, that offended this couple. And in that moment, you know, your dad's basically calling me to say, why would you need that kind of humor? Or why would you not be aware that there would be a sense of offense? And in that invitation to name failure, but also be curious about what's happening in the mind and the heart of the other, you're really entering into the soil where the Spirit of God is seeding the possibility of growing good fruit. So in one sense, he was a brilliant farmer. In that sense, he'd plow, he'd plant, he'd sow, he'd deal with weeds, but always had the sense that it is the Spirit that's going to bring fruit, because we don't have the power to be able to transform a human heart.
1: That, 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 that encompasses dad in so many ways. The, the impact that he's had on my life, on others, continues today because of the Holy Spirit, because he was willing to move in that way. Yeah, um, yeah His whole thing was relationship, Dan. That was, that was all he really cared about. And I think that's, you know, you know, you start to think about what you were talking about in the book in terms of those protective layers and things. How do you break through some of those layers? Because I know that we all have a desire to be known um and and what we've kind of kind of called that is you know kind of um you know looking bad in the presence of love um and and you know i've always wondered too why is encouragement not a fruit of the spirit yeah um it seems like it would be kind of something that would be spirit driven and i think it probably is something to do with the fruit of the spirit but 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 um but you you mentioned curiosity just a second ago unpack that a little bit for me because that seems to be the beginning of the opportunity to encourage when someone is willing to be encouraged.
0: Absolutely. You know, the idea of door openers, door closers. A door opener is a sense of, I may know you, but I also know there's so much more to know about you than Mm -hmm. I have the capacity, whether that's in a friendship or whether that's in a marriage. I don't care how many years you've been married. I mean, there are things that I continue to find out about my wife after 45 years of marriage where I'm going... Who are you? I mean, I may have known something of this, but there's always the sense there is surprise. So I think the ability, let me go back to the question you asked, if you can't grieve with and for another human being, their heart will never let you have entry uh, to the parts of their own heartache, let alone the parts of their own shame. So can you hold tears on my behalf? And I, I, can, I could tell you five times easily events, moments with your dad where there were tears both at my failure, but also tears on behalf of where I have been harmed by others. So the ability in one sense to allow your heart to, to hold sorrow for another gives me a confidence that indeed you are for me. Uh, so I, if I know you are for me, then I'll let you be with me. But if you're for me and with me, then I will know that when you're against me, that you're against is against that which is not truly me, but that's keeping me from being the one I'm meant to be. So I think, and that's that said, grief is part of the movement. Into the kind of curiosity of who are you and how have you been formed, and how are you called to become who you're meant to be. And, and doesn't that have something to do with relational
1: trust? Yeah, absolutely. you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm willing to 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 say some things. I mean, even even my wife last week when she. She said very reluctantly, but I think it was just the spirit pouring out of her in tears, how grateful she's been for a diagnosis mm-hmm. and for a year of quite literal, almost hell where she was on death's doorstep a few times and, you know, and, and how grateful she is for that and, and the joy that we've had a chance to experience in the midst of that. And I start to think about, you know, I, I ask the question oftentimes, um, you know, when you go through these kind of things, experiences like this, what What encourages you? Because a lot of people say a lot of things to you. Yeah. Um, But what
0: really does encourage you? Uh, You know, pleasant words uh, will never move the heart. No, they're not bad. I mean, nice people. Nice people are nice people. Uh, And I, I, I guess I would rather have a nice person versus whatever a not nice person would be. But niceness does not transform the human heart. You know, you go to a passage like Romans chapter two, verse four, where it says, it is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Mm -hmm. So there's something about kindness, the ability to be fiercely for you, like your father was, fiercely for you, but able to see things within you, about your brokenness, but also about the beauty that you bear as an image bearer and recreated in the image of Christ, when you can again hold that and invite a person into a process of reflection about their life, about their circumstances, uh, about the world they're in, then you're inviting that person to actually become, you know, in some sense, a co-author with God, Of the story, you know, that's the larger story. That's what we're invited to actually become not only the one who is known by God, but the one that gets the privilege of revealing something about God. So when we're in a relationship with somebody where we're known, but also where we get to know, then we've got that mutuality that allows us to feel like we can trust one another.
1: Why is it so hard for people to? Um, again, I guess the answer is fear, but I mean, that's kind of the easy answer, but to, to, to hold on to that fear of being known, um, you know, one thing it's interesting is, is, um, as we were talking about some things, I used to think about the way I was disciplined as a, as a little kid, but, you know, and I was probably maybe, you know, about the time you were, you were starting to meet us when I was 10 years old, I was just getting big enough that dad couldn't spank me anymore because I was just too big. But I remember how he would do that, and he would he would sit us down, and and tell us you know um, you know what we did wrong. This was both my brother and myself. We would then be punished, and then he would pray with us and tell us when we were done, um, we've paid the price for what we did. And I always felt so free. Uh, yeah. He said I was the best kid. Done. After I had, I'm done. I'm free. I have nothing over my head. I've got nothing on my back weighing me down. And it just you, you felt light. You felt forgiven. And it was really a a beautiful picture of the cross. And it's interesting because that's what kind of lingers as I think about the relational connection that he did with so many different people that was so intentional, because all that you talk about in respect to encouragement has to begin at some level with some relational connection. Because I don't know if you have the opportunity to encourage me, and maybe you do, and help me if I'm wrong, at least not deeply Unless I have a, a, a relationship with you that where I really do, like you said, I trust you.
0: You know, I, I, I'm opening up in different ways. Yeah, I, I always go back to the category of shame. Look, we all know that one of the first effects of the fall is shame. You, you have one of the saddest passages in Scripture, and they were naked, and they knew no shame. Mm -hmm. So that sets us up from Genesis 2 to then, as we move into the story, where, look, what happens beyond the the actual event itself, the aftermath is Adam and Eve blame each other (laughs) and hold each other with contempt, hide and blame are our two structures for trying to make our way through the world. We cover ourselves in one form or another Uh, Either literally, I want to be invisible, you can't see me, or I'm going to put something up of a facade that might look like I'm X, Y, or Z, but you don't know what's really happening inside of me. But then that tendency to blame, which is, again, the reality of contempt, that is what has to be engaged if there's encouragement. I need to know that you know I'm hiding, but you don't demand that I come out but that yeah. you can hold the reality that this is not who you really are, but simultaneously, I am curious and committed to moving in to what is true about you, mm. and I'm not afraid of your contempt. Mm. I'm not afraid of being, in one sense, blamed as Adam and Eve do with one another, and if if you find a relationship that yeah. understands what's happening inside the human heart and doesn't demand change, but also doesn't back away from engagement, then you've got a courageous person. So, you know, as much as we're talking about curiosity, and I think your dad was one of the the most curious persons I've ever known on this earth, a second key word is courage, because it takes courage to, in one sense, let your own fear dissipate in the love of God, while simultaneously choosing to move into the heart of the other on behalf of the goal and the sweetness of redemption.
1: It sounds really good, Dan. I mean, it, it, you know, and it's funny because you talk about the garden and, and, and right after sin, there was that relational tension. And, and, and then I look, you know, at, um, at, at Peter, James, and John at the Mount of Transfiguration standing with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, and there's relational tension because I'm cooler than you are and I'm going to be here and I want, you know, and I'm thinking, well, what chance do we have? So, it's not about avoiding those tensions and it's about moving into them. And when you move into them and through them, the opportunity for encouragement and relationship is just, it just becomes there to me.
0: You know, when I think of encouragement, I think not only of literally growing courage and growing that curiosity, but Mm -hmm. in some sense, growing in a sense of delight. Yeah. So, when you are delighted in, and when somebody can hold you with that sense of their face lightens up because you're in their presence, then again, we're back to it is what our hearts most deeply desire. we want we want honor, but we want more than honor. we yeah. want delight. So that intersection of we want somebody who respects us, but also somebody whose intimacy with us brings us that, "Oh, I just smile." to be in your presence, when that's present, my goodness, uh, there's almost anything you can say that will, indeed, even though it may be heard uh, as hard or offensive uh, or or just uh, unpalatable, nonetheless, there's something you can rest in and therefore grow with. And so is that really the distinction between just kind of kindness versus
1: really encouragement.
0: Well, yeah, and I personally, I think all kindness bears the interplay of, 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 curiosity, but also of courage. So in that sense, kindness always has this ferocity of, I am for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I will not be in one sense, uh, uh, removed from your presence because of your hiding or because of your anger or contempt. But in that, uh, I, I can taste what is so good today, but I can also taste something of what will come with the good fruit. So that sense of a a farmer being able to plant, but then to anticipate, to know that good care will always bring at least a good portion of good crops. Mm. So that's, again, something that I would name about your dad, that he, he had the curiosity, but courage, but also the commitment to wait. The commitment not to require something occurring today that only the spirit will bring about through you know some significant process of time. So we've talked about curiosity, courage, commitment,
1: opportunity. You have you have different things of of like word words of life and, and words that pour into you in terms of encouragement. What what are, in your opinion, Dan, what does it mean to, um, what are some of the effects that encouragement can have on people? Because it sounds like there's a real process to understanding this.
0: Well, I, I think one of the things that it brings, and I, I certainly saw this you know, with regard to my own life, but I've watched with regard to many other lives that your father touched. It, it, encouragement literally creates a new vision. Mm. It creates the possibility of being able to go oh, maybe I too. Maybe I too could be used or know something of the goodness of God. So it it creates this sense, again, even though this may sound rather minimal, it's certainly not. It creates hope. So encouragement creates a hope that enables you to take risks that you might not have taken before. So in some sense, crazy as it may sound, encouragement actually will probably create more opportunity for failure, but where failure doesn't become a death knoll or a death word. It becomes something I can learn from, that I can actually take within community to begin to process, and then take more risks. So I think as you look at the community that has surrounded your father, it is a able-bodied, but also imaginary, creative, take hold world. And I think that's, again, one of the pure good fruits of the spirit, but one of the great works of your dad. Mm.
1: It's so fun to talk with him and just, just, it just reminds me of so many, so many stories. Um, you know, I think of the stories when, when the three of us were up in Saskatchewan, Canada, and I've got some funny stories that I don't even know if I'm
0: allowed to say on air
1: live. I, I,
0: I, I would say we need maybe a little <laughs> bit of an editor and again, nothing scandalous. No, Shut no, no, wildness. no. Just why just, yeah,
1: absolutely. But there's a, there's a quote in the book that, um, that really kind of, kind of hit home with me and, and, and uh, let me see if I can find that here, but it, it said, um, Uh, Words cannot encourage, it said Christians must learn how to encourage one another with their words. And they said words cannot encourage when people are shielding themselves from hurt or wrapping themselves in protective layers really out of fear. And so as we start to chip away at that, that becomes really the relational element Mm -hmm. of I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And there was a big piece in the book that talked about that a little bit. And and, and in, in some respects, this talks about really the loneliness of pain. Um, and and just, or you know, the pain of loneliness and and um, just where you're, you know, you've been rejected. You you talk a lot about that in this book. In if fact, I, if I could ask you one question, Dan, I don't even know when the last time, I don't know if you refreshed the, the book before you chatted with me today about it, but if you were to add something to it and you think you maybe wanted to add just a little piece to this book that, of something now that you've learned in the last 40 years, what would it be?
0: Wow. Well, I did review the book. Uh, and uh, you know thank you by the way <laughs> for doing that <laughs> but just to say you know it, it's a book that I, I i was so privileged to be part of look i wrote two very small and i don't mean to say incidental like it didn't matter but but the privilege that your dad gave me as a very young man Uh, to, in one sense, start my writing career uh, by, in one sense, seeing what the process... It was almost like, look, um, uh, here's a mariner who's faced a lot of rough seas and he's saying to a young kid, come with me. uh, We're we're, going to take this boat out and I'll show you some of what's involved. Again, gracious. Uh, Thankfully, he didn't let me touch a lot of the... um, major equipment on the boat. Uh, so a lot of the heavy chapters, uh, the, the very center of the book, uh, rightfully he took on. But the privilege, so I, I think in one sense, one of the things that I would have you know, I, brought into this book, but it wouldn't be me bringing it, I, I think it would be what your father would bring, is how he began to see how mentoring was such a central part of what it means to help people mature, so I think I, I, it, mentoring doesn't come up as a single word in this book yet. You can see the book as a foundation to a lot of the work that he eventually did with regard to that concept. So I think if we had had a chapter or two, which shows up obviously in much later books, uh, but you know, it's like compressing all your work together into one volume, and uh, it's like having you know. Uh, I have three children, I wouldn't want to compress them. Uh, But there is a sense in which, you know, as you look at your books, you look at your children, which are a form of books, you kind of go, I hope somebody can read all of that, which I've written, or in this case, what your father wrote. And so yeah, mentoring would probably be that central frame.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's one of the main focuses that we're really trying to take in, in with larger story is what does it mean to to engage um generation z you know josie and jake i know you were you flipped out when you heard josie's engaged to be married my daughter my yeah
0: i barely have you out of high school <laughs> right. <laughs> right
1: i can still hit a pretty good tennis ball but that's about as far as that's not for very long anymore that's the problem but you know dan this has just been so fun bro it is so fun to see you and so fun to chat and it's fun to have Crab and Allender back together uh, to do these kind of things. That's fun. I, I hope, hope we get a chance to do this again, my brother. I really do. Right.
0: Um, look, look, I'm here in Seattle, not doing a whole lot. So,
1: <laughs> Well, let me, let me just ask a couple of quick, couple more questions here before we get a chance to wrap. There's some people that are asking some questions is um, how does encouragement really work? Because I think we've kind of unpacked a lot of that today, but what happens when you're dealing with someone who maybe doesn't want to open up a little bit. And I mean do you do you step away what 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 do you, how do you handle that kind of stuff, Dan?
0: Well, it, it, this may sound a little too technical, but you got to believe in ontology, uh, the mm-hmm. notion of being. Look, you were made in the image of God. If you say you don't want it or don't need it, the reality is oh yes you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were made for encouragement. You were made for honor and delight. Yeah. So the person who's layered sufficiently that they're cutting off from their own heart and body's desire, all we can do is remain in relationship long enough to see the spirit begin to disrupt and therefore invite and therefore transform. So I think in some sense, it's patience, just plain patience and not being undone by the fact that other people are so opposed to what it is that they were made for.
1: Mm. I love that. Uh, here's another question from uh, one of my prayer warriors who's asking this question, and he asked the last chapter entitled acceptance. It's really not a question, but I guess it kind of is. It's the finest chapter on forgiveness that he's ever read. There's three charts in that, in that chapter that are priceless, and he says, where did those charts come
0: from? the the fertile mind of Dr. Lawrence James. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to get too deep in that
1: mind, man. You're going to get twisted up. So uh, one more question here too, Dan, how do you not fake believing in someone when you really struggle to get past how much they've really messed up? Um, The error has been addressed and I do not want to shame them,
0: but I struggle to think of the best for them. Well, it's a, Brilliant and beautiful question, and I, I, all I can begin to do with that question is to kind of go to First uh, Timothy 1, where mm-hmm. Paul says, here is a trustworthy statement, worthy of your full acceptance. Mm-hmm. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom, and you know the rest, mm-hmm. of whom I am the worst. So it, it, if you are unaware of how broken you are, if you're not aware of your own struggle with lust and anger, then when you see the failure in others, which is m- much more demonstrable than facing our own, it, it, it's really the simple framework of, do you not see the log in your own eye? Yeah, Matthew, um, Because yeah. you are never going to deal with the speck in the other mm-hmm. if you don't have at least the courage, commitment, and even curiosity yeah about your own failure. So again, I don't wanna minimize. There are people who just simply piss me off uh, and they're not easy to be with. Uh, And in fact, I don't wanna be with them, but I've gotta be able to come back and internally go, oh, there are reasons that your body, your heart, your being is responding, but can we actually presume that there's a lot of hurt, a lot of trauma, a lot of heartache That if that person were to begin to engage, there is a stunning reality about the beauty of all human beings if we were humble enough and hungry enough to begin to name what it is that we desire. So I think that's back to the word patience, but also the deep, deep, deep conviction that I think any of us who've worked with people for any length of time, we don't change people. I mean... We don't even change ourselves. But well, dad always we, said he
1: could change you, but, but it's, there's, a, there's some ethical issues involved in
0: that. If we, right, I'd have to shoot you. He'd have to kill you. So that's, that's, that's yeah. there's some issues I, I, there. I remember being in a counseling session where I was watching your dad and, and something came up about, um, uh, literally the phrase was, you've got to change my wife. And, and, and it was this quick. He said, well, the only thing I can do to do that would be to end up in prison right. and the man's looking at him like what you're a professional if i kill her she'll <laughs> yeah. be with jesus and Take she'll have all her be- problems
1: <laughs> well um i love the word curiosity and that was something that dad was so drawn to and he was so naturally curious and i think it's so difficult sometimes for people but when you start to kind of embrace that and start to think about it and really start to think about others in a different way. Your curiosity is enhanced. I've noticed that. And I've got one more question, Dan, before I let you go. What happens when another person can't receive that invitation as love? The Mm -hmm. pressing into and being curious about calling the other into uh, more experience uh,
0: in primary relationships. Again, such a, a, a heart aching question in that there will be people that we will desire to love and love but you know when paul says in romans chapter 12 uh, to be at peace with all as far as it is possible with you it's a pretty clear implication not all relationships will work
1: yeah.
0: and not all relationships need to work but we are in one sense given seasons mm-hmm. with one another and in those moments we we, we desire Redemption for them, for us, for us, meaning for all of us. But within that, there's always that sense of the spirit never stops working. Mm -hmm. However, I need to be able to know when my season with a person has come to an ending, in which case there will be grief, but also honor and freedom. So what I would say is we're not only not able to change a human heart, we're also not responsible to change a human heart. And so therefore, free. we always have to be releasing releasing one another uh, to the good work of God.
1: I really appreciate that. That's very encouraging. It really is. It's so fun to have you here today, Dan. It's so good to see you. And everyone who's out there, I suggest getting the book Encouragement. If you need it, call uh, or, or get us on, uh, online, uh, largerstory.com. We've got it on Amazon, everything. So order that book today. And, and, and uh, as, as you show that. Oh, I mean, first oh you're going old school. Old, old school.
0: school.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, Dan, it has been so fun. This has been a huge encouragement to me seeing you. And I would love to do this again. And um, it's just been great having you part of the show. And um, I, uh, I hope we can do it again sometime, my man.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Again, what a sweet gift. And again, to say to you and to your whole family, uh, the goodness of God has shown uh, God's goodness uh, through so much of your lives and your work. So, what an honor. Thanks for listening to Larger Story Messages. To subscribe, visit LargerStory.com.